Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Do you ever feel frustrated? Well, your dog does. Frustration occurs when an animal is interrupted in reaching their goals. Unfortunately, this occurs all too often in the modern world when a dog's goals do not align with those of their human companion. This can be a source of distress for both you and your dog, but it can also lead to the development of problem behaviors and can damage the relationship that you have with your dog. But we have answers for you. Join us for a two-day in-person seminar October 5th and 6th with instruction by Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is an animal behaviorist with a background in animal behavior, psychology, and neuroscience. He will be talking about what frustration is and how it can be identified, the difficulty of conventional approaches in resolving frustration, what influences the value of rewards, as well as supporting frustrated dogs and building frustration tolerance. You can buy early bird tickets now until August the 5th, and be sure that you join us for our pre-seminar social Friday evening where you can meet Daniel and the Dog Speak team. We look forward to seeing you October 5th and 6th in Nashville, Tennessee for the Neuroscience of Resolving Frustration in Dogs seminar. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Hope you're having a wonderful week. I hope you're having better weather than we are. Yeah, this this flooding. It's flooding. We got ice coming in. We were supposed to be going up north for vacation this weekend, and that's not going to happen. No, no. Oh, this is rough. It's hard to get out and uh, do much with your dogs in this weather. Yeah. A lot, so of, uh, a lot of enrichment Yeah, inside. I was going to say, what have you been doing with Isabella? Um, a lot of... Uh, Puzzle toys, a lot of frozen topples, Kongs. She's over here. You can probably hear gnawing right now. Um, she's got a good raw marrow bone that'll keep her entertained for a good few hours. So that's what we're doing a lot of. Yes, yeah, enrichment. And I tell you, what I've really noticed is even when you take her hiking and doing things, when I come home at night, I can almost see a difference without knowing what you've done that day mm-hmm. of physical activity versus the enrichment. Yeah. Well, an hour because we we went hiking twice this week because um, we had we've had all three seasons this week. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Um, and they were very much uh, more the the walks themselves were more challenging. Um, I, we went just for her, so a lot of a lot of sniffies. A lot of squirrels, uh, a lot of people around, you know, because it, it did get warm one day. So there were a lot of kids at the park and that sort of thing. Something that a lot of people are going to run into when spring hits and people start getting out, uh, your dogs are going to be just as excited to be out as you. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure that when spring hits and, and you're taking your dog out, that you understand that. You know, they're, they may need a little recap on what those expectations are. They may need a little bit of time to get acclimated to the environment again. Yeah. Um, one, one new analogy I've come up with is when you're taking your dogs out somewhere, you don't just want to take them somewhere new, get out of the car and start demanding things. Right. Um, that would be real similar to taking a child to Chuck E. Cheese. And asking them to sit down and eat pizza before going to play games. (laughs) It's not going to happen. We could forcibly make the child sit there. 
but it's not it's not going to really give you the results that you're looking for. Right. All right. Let them go into Chuck E. Cheese, acclimate a little bit, then start asking for behavior if you need to. Yeah. All right. I much prefer people take walks for more about just the enrichment and uh, enjoyment for the dog. Mm-hmm. I don't like to use walking for exercise. No. And, you know, that's sort of, if that's what I'm going to do, I go by myself. Right. If you need to exercise, go do it if yourself. If I'm hiking, I'll just But even go exercise look. for her. Yeah. We can get out in the backyard and throw the ball. Yeah. She and I go in the backyard and run. We play chase. Yeah. There's exercise there, but walks should be less about physical activity, more about the enrichment mm-hmm. aspect. Yeah. And learning, and, obviously. You know, manners. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you don't, you don't want your dog pulling you everywhere no um, definitely not i did almost get decapitated by my uh by the belt the walking belt uh when she saw a squirrel unexpectedly um that was our that was our only one issue i was glad though that i had the belt and the leash wasn't attached to my arm so therefore i don't have a pulled shoulder or any yeah. tendons or dislocation or anything like that do you like that belt better than saying like the waist leash yeah it's more comfortable because they're padded okay whereas a waist leash um some of them tend tend to cinch yes uh which i've had rope burn basically before from those um the both of the belts i have have padding on she is loving this she is she is gnawing Uh, thanks aunt tiffany uh so the there's padding on those belts and they don't cinch up if the dog does pull towards something because the leash is attached to a carabiner on the, on the belt. And that's a, of course, Kurgo. Yeah. Is, both of my Kurgo belt belts. Um, I'm sure there, there may be other companies that probably rough wear, rough wear may make one. Um, yeah, I really prefer it to plus, uh, there's a place, you know, for your treat pouch, um, if you get like the, the one I have, it has a, it has a pouch attached to it, but then it also has a water bottle holder, a couple carabiners. You can hang like her, her, uh, water bowl on her collapsible water bowl, that sort of thing, just depending on what you're doing. Uh, but yeah, definitely prefer that. Awesome. Well, that's something for you guys to look at. Yeah. And there are people who, who mostly, who just like that waist leash, and that's totally fine. But for me, I like personally, the waist leash, but I would see that the belt would be better. Yeah. Especially if you have a dog that does tend to, um, you know, spontaneously run after a rabbit or a squirrel, uh, you know, and you're working on that, uh, you're not getting hurt. And you're also not yanking back. Yeah. Because you got surprised and then you yanked back. Just exactly. like if somebody came and grabbed you and yanked you, yeah. your immediate responsibility to yank back. Yeah. And you've got your body weight supporting you, uh, you know, your core rather than just your arm. You're much stronger as a whole mm-hmm. than as pieces and parts. So you're probably not, you're less likely to fall. Uh, and even if you do fall, the chances of you releasing the dog, you know, dropping the leash right. are, you know. Some people are probably seeing themselves being drugged down the street by their large dog. Yeah. Here's here's one piece of advice I want to give people. Please stop getting dogs that you cannot physically handle. Oh, yeah. I am seeing it so much where people are getting dogs that they cannot physically handle. 
And so then they resort to using aversive tools. Mm -hmm. They get mad at the dog. If you can't physically handle the dog as an as an adolescent and an adult, you may you may want to rethink things. Yeah. Yes, there are trainings that you can do and work with the dog, and we don't want you to physically control the dog. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, you still have to teach the dog. Yeah, and during that teaching stage, there can that's when you have to say, okay, this can la- this this bonding, this teaching, this. This is not just something that you solve in a day. This takes time. It takes effort. Um, just something to think about while you're, yeah, what you know, while you are I, working I, on. I just get real frustrated. Manners. Yeah, when I see people putting prong collars or shock collars on dogs that they can't physically handle because they need that control. Mm-hmm. So basically, the selfishness of this is the dog I want, right? And I'm going to make them uncomfortable. In order to have them to meet my need. Right. Exactly. It's like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I went and looked at a Rottweiler. Mm-hmm. She was too beautiful, um, really good nose on her. If I was still doing search and rescue, I, I would have probably brought her home. Mm-hmm. But after watching her activity, I knew I just, I wasn't enough for her right now. Yeah. I, I know where I am as far as my time to work with the dog time to give that dog the need, um, the needs that, you know, to meet those genetic needs and just uh, physical and all of that. As much as I really want another Rottweiler, I just, I don't know if I, if I have what it takes right now to satisfy that dog. And that's a hard one because, I mean, I haven't been without a Rottie in 20 years. Right. And it would have been sort of self. It would, it would have been, have been selfish, selfish, you know, to to bring her into the situation. And that's hard. Um, I, I'm struggling. I'm struggling finding a dog that's going to uh, meet where I am in my life. Um, you know, if I was still doing search and rescue, like I said, I'd have probably brought that that dog home. Her nose was amazing, but you know, it's. I just really want people to think about a little bit more before you get a dog. I really would like for you to. Really think about it. Don't just go on looks. One thing is, you know, you hear different things about people have, um, you know, that they don't like breed um, recognition and shelters. But I'm opposite. I want to know what that dog is made up of as much as we can. Yeah. Because I think if we if we understand the what the genetics look like, then our then the people that are adopting these dogs know what they're getting instead of just going, oh, it's a cute, fluffy dog. It's probably a shepherd mix. Right. Well, no, I think that we need to know what we're getting to know if we can meet those needs, regardless of the size of the dog. Yeah. And also, you know, if the shelter knows or the rescue knows, they can, you know, get some resources in order to start helping that dog even in in the shelter environment or the rescue environment um, and sort of say, okay, Hey, this dog is probably a herding breed. Here's what you can expect. You know, even if we haven't seen these behaviors yet, it is something that could, you know, absolutely. So if you don't have a lifestyle to meet a herding breed and not everybody does, I don't, Mm -hmm. you have made that lifestyle for your herding breed. I don't even though we live together and we're married, um, I, people need to know that, again, they're cute, they're fluffy, they're sweet. Your grandmama may have had one when you were growing up who lived on a farm and actually worked the dog, and it was an amazing dog. doesn't mean it's right for you. Mm-hmm. We've, we've got to stop and 
And I think that rescues, shelters, breeders, they need to do a better job. They need to do a better job at telling people, no, I'm sorry, this is not the right fit for you. Stop with the whole, oh, well, your 16-year-old dog is not on heartworm preventative. You can't have a, you can't be adopt from us. How about more of the, oh, (laughs) you have the lifestyle that matches this dog. And I understand why your 16-year-old dog doesn't have heartworm preventative because he's about to die. (laughs) Not from heartworms. Not from heartworms, from old age. Which he did. He passed away. We put him down, a, a, what, 1st of January. Nope, right end of December. Yeah. Um, but he made it almost 16 years old, right? We've done something, right? So I just think that, that we need to do a better job at thinking about the future with dogs, right? I'm not going to, no offense, but I don't, I don't want to give somebody that's like maybe 70 years old, I don't care how active they are, a six-month-old German Shepherd mix. Mm-hmm. I mean... <laughs> We just got to really, we got to do a better job at that. And that is nothing what this podcast Mm-mm. was planned to be about. No. But it just kind of, it moved. Sometimes we like no. to do this. We like to just kind of start not talking. Be, and Not to be ageist or anything. It's no, just, I mean, because I mean, I'll be 47 in March. The long term. Yeah, I feel yeah. very young and in the best shape of my life. Yeah. But I know my, right now, I can't give to yeah. The breed of my choice. Well, it's like, you know, some friends of ours said, okay, at this point in our lives, when we reach this stage, no more dogs. Right. Because, because we don't want them outliving us. Right. And then what do you do? Yeah. You know, that sort of but thing. But here's or, a great thing, though, is like if you are older and you want a dog, maybe look for an older dog that's laid back, that just wants to hang out. You still have that love and that bond. Yeah. Right. Um, but again, I mean, I think everybody's life is, is going to be different. I don't, it's not even necessarily an age thing because I'm not as physically active out in the wilderness like I did. I mean, I did search and rescue for 12 years. I was out in the woods two or three times a week. I'm not doing that, which means I don't have what it takes right now to, you know, to meet that, that need of those dogs that need it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's just something I want to throw out there. Um, off topic. Because um, I I have brought it up a couple of times, but I'm going to totally go off topic for a second. I want to congratulate my favorite podcast, Morbid, Mm -hmm. which is a true crime podcast. I feel like these women are my best friends, (laughs) which I hear uh, some of our listeners will do that. They listen to us so much, they feel like they're friends with us. And I'm like, I get that because I feel like that Ash and Elena are my best friends. Um, Anyway, they're Morbid podcast, uh, true crime um, it, they're funny, but they do a really good job. It is number one in the country for all podcasts. That's awesome. Right? So awesome. Um, and I want to congratulate them for that. Not that they listen to my podcast, but um, I'm going to send in a listener tale. So hopefully they'll read my listener tale on there at mm-hmm. some point. I, I think that we're probably not even in the top 10,000 or top 50,000 podcasts right now. I would love to get in the top 10,000 podcasts in the country. Mm-hmm. So, listeners, if y'all could do me a favor, you know how they reach that is through ratings and following subscriptions. So, wherever you listen, if you don't mind rating us, we would really appreciate it because it does help other people find us. And we want to reach as many people as we possibly can. True that. Yeah, she's just, Brett's looking all blank over here. <laughs> 
right. So it's this what this weather is not. This weather is crappy, y'all. Anyone's uh, mental health right now. So I'm fixing to have to get out and drive in it. I'm not looking forward if to that. If you're struggling, we understand. We feel you. Yeah, it's, it could definitely mess with this you. This too shall pass. This too shall pass. That's right. So let's talk about something that. We've talked about a little bit before, but I would like to kind of go a little bit more into it. And that is consent. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Consent of the things that we do to our dog. Mm -hmm. Consent for loving on our dog. But also, you know what? Giving your dog consent to, um, you know, love on you. Because a lot of people get kisses from their dogs, and it's like sometimes they love it, and it's great. And the next minute, they're like, oh, get out of my face, right? Well, how can we put that consent, almost think of it as permission, right, Right. to give kisses? Sort of goes both ways. Yeah, so I think consent is important. What is your take on consent? Uh, You know, it's funny because with Isabella especially, she's not a very cuddly, affectionate dog. I mean – she can be, but it's not, it's not her everyday thing. Um, and so I've noticed that there are times where I'll go pet her and she'll just kind of like turn away or whatever. And, you know, at first I'm like, well, that hurts my feelings, but <laughs> she's saying, Hey, no, not about this right now. But then when she comes in, you know, it comes to me and she's like, Hey, I want some lovings. I'm like, Oh, see, she loves me. Um, I think that's been the biggest, biggest challenge for me is just learning when she's okay with petting uh, or play, you know, just because I want to doesn't mean I get to. Well, I think it's a lot of people see their dog when they come and sit beside them or lay down beside them. They want to be loved on. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a a client's dog last night who's not comfortable with strangers at all. Um, after about 45 minutes of me being there, he came up and jumped on the couch next to me. It was a small couch. So he was touching me. He mm-hmm. turned away from me, but he was touching me. Yeah. But it didn't mean he wanted to be petted. Exactly. Right? If he had turned maybe to me, because his uh, brother came over, who was like 11 pounds, who 12 pounds, it should mean be, be like 9 or 8 pounds. But uh, he would come over and just get in my lap, and he'd give kisses, and he would lean into my petting. He really enjoyed that. Right. And I reached over at one point and kind of touched the dog laying next to me, and he jumped a little bit, so I just moved my hand and said, yeah. okay, it's, it's all good. And I think that we need to be respectful of that. You know, we do it with cats. When people have cats, they're like, yeah, you don't pet a cat unless they want it. Right. Why do we think it's okay to be so handsy yeah. <laughs> with dogs? Why do we think it's okay to push ourselves on dogs and say, well, I should be able to pet my dog anytime I want. Yeah, I think that's just the misconception that, you know, dogs are man's best friend and they just love everybody and they want attention all the time. And, you know, whereas with cats, they have finger knives and they're more independent <laughs> and they don't need you and your shit. And so, <laughs> like, that's, you know, it's sort of just, I think... um an unfortunate, an unfortunate marketing uh, tool or marketing campaign that we've done for dogs, and that you know they're they should tolerate all should, of our bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know, we have uh, Isabel's right. She's not a. She will come lay with you, and but she'll let you know when she wants to 
be loved on. She's mm-hmm. very clear with that. And then when she just wants to lay there. And then with the three cats, you know, all three of them are different. I can tell when one wants to be petted and one doesn't. Um, Indy, pretty much you can pet at any time, anywhere on her body. Yeah. She absolutely loves it all. Steven likes petting at certain times. But just because he comes and lays on you does not mean he wants to be petted. Yeah. He might take it for a second, but then he just wants to lay there. And then Gemma, she loves to be petted on when she comes to you, mm-hmm. but you can't pet her just anywhere. Yeah. So we learn about our, our animals individually and we respect that. We need to start doing it more with dogs and it needs to be more of a conversation. Mm-hmm. When people say, well, I should be able to pet my dog. No, you shouldn't. That's like saying, well... Um, we're married, so can I have loving anytime I want? Mm-hmm. No, because there's two there's two organisms involved. There's two individuals involved, yeah. and we need to be respectful. And not all dogs are lovey feely. You know, let me be all up in your grill. Yeah, and that doesn't mean you can't have a close relationship with your dog. I think that's what I've learned with her is that affection is shown in other ways. That bond is shown in other ways. You know, um, yeah, and there's clear communication, and she trusts me because you know I respect her signals. Um, for for instance, last night my brother was in town, and he she jumped up in his lap. She wanted you know attention and love, and and so he was you know kind of like roughhousing with her a little bit, and then I recognized when she was like, oh shit. This is okay, too much. I'm done. I'm done. You know, and and he couldn't necessarily see her body language and her face from where she, the positioning. Um, so I just went and got her. I was like, okay, she's done. He's like, oh man. And I mean, he was he felt bad because he didn't realize that she was she was a little, she got a little nervous because it was just like, okay, going too far. Yeah. All right, I'm done. Um, and it's just you know one of those things where she's like, oh, okay, cool. Mom, mom's got my back in this situation. Um, you know, it's sort of like parents who force their kids to hug, um, whether that's hug, the, you know, hug them, hug the grandparents, hug your aunt, your hug aunt, your uncle. Um, this is my good friend. You've known her since you were born. Yeah, hug her, her by. Don't be rude. I mean, no, like yeah. a child is an autonomous being. They have the ability to say, no, I'm, I'm not comfortable with this or, you know, tickling for instance, and don't get me started on tickling. Cause you hate it. I think it's abuse, but um, <laughs> no, seriously, I do. Um, you know, a non-consensual tickling is uh, abuse. And so well, any non-consensual, anything touching uh, yes. yeah, is, is abuse. And so, um, you know, why do we subject our kids to that? Why do we subject our, uh, our dogs, our spouses, you know, just because you're in a relationship with someone does not mean you get to uh, touch them whenever you want. Yeah, I don't, I, you know, growing up, I don't remember ever being forced to hug anybody by. And then when we were raising Rose, yeah, we, did, we, we did. never forced her, Mm-mm. even with us. Yeah. And then I'll be damned. If a few weeks ago we're out and we see her out and about and she gets all excited and comes running <laughs> and she hugs you and I got nothing. Sorry about that. I got, I am her blood aunt. I got, no, I have changed her diapers. I got nothing. And it hurt my feelings. But I also realized that she is an individual 
mm-hmm. and that she does love me. I know she does. Yes. But I, I have to step back and say, okay, that, that's just her. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. That's not how she shows. Because neither one of her parents were very affectionate. Right. Um, and is not big on that touch and, and lovey-feely. I'm a very touchy, lovey-feely. Touch is my love language. Mm-hmm. So for me, getting my feelings hurt initially, but then I, you know, then I step back and say, okay, she has shown me the love in other ways. Yeah. And I've learned her as she's grown up and because we started raising her what 13 14 mm-hmm. and now i mean she's about to graduate high school 14th in her class mm-hmm. top what top 10 percent Top 10 percent. that's my girl um it's it's learning and watching her become the individual she is and respecting that yeah and you know and again the other night uh um, amanda she's been on here she was in podcast she's not a big huggy yeah. But her parents are. Yeah. And so the other night at dinner, we got done eating dinner, and they were leaving, and I hugged them both. And I just looked at her and said, well, I'm not hugging you because you're not a <laughs> hugger. To to know, to basically say, I respect you. Yeah. I know that we're good friends, right? We gave a little side hug. It was good enough, right? So it was, but it's, it's again, it's learning how to respect those people and truly get to know them on a level to where you can have that respect. Right. And you're not pulling back and saying, oh, well, they must not love me or care for me because they're not huggy or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. And I do see it a lot with, with dogs where people are forcing their dogs into doing things. You know, people ask me all the time, can I roughhouse with my dog? Well, I don't know. Ask him. Mm-hmm. Ask your dog if you can. All right. How many times I've had people say, I want to teach my dog to play fetch. <laughs> Does your dog, Does like your dog want to learn how to play fetch? Right. Think about these things. You know, I, I want you guys to go deeper than this surface. And, and you said it perfectly. This marketing campaign that we should be able to just to do whatever with our dogs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it, from everything from I'll be able, I should be able to stick my hand in the food bowl. What, but why? But why? So the. You can be a bully. If you stuck your hand in my food bowl, I would right. stab you with my fork. Right. You touch my French fries, you're done. I don't even touch you, your French fries. No. I know better. Don't touch my chips and cheese dip either. Yeah. Not right? Doing it. So we have to learn that there's a there's a difference between teaching safety measures, putting safety measures in place. Yes, you need to get something out of your dog's mouth. Right. Right. Absolutely. But let's teach that. Right. Let's teach it before we need it. Let's teach a drop it, a release, a leave it. Let's teach those so we're not having to go in there. With one of my clients said, uh, "Yesterday was great. It was a, a three finger sweep." Mm-hmm. You know, it's like she goes, "You know how many times I've had to do the three finger sweep in this dog's mouth?" Right. So let's teach the drop it, release, and leave it. Right. So in, so that we have those put in place, so we're not having to say, "Well, I need to be able to take a bone away from my dog in case it's you know dangerous." Okay, if you build that relationship, I was able to take a dead rabbit from mm-hmm. Isabella. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, all I did was ask her to drop it. It took her a minute. The video, I think, is still on the Facebook page. <laughs> it took her a minute. She thought about it. But she didn't run from me. Yeah, She dropped it. I gave it back to her. So then when I went back to get it from her to put it to put it over the fence, and I put my hand on it, she released it without a problem because we built up that relationship. Right. There's trust in that dog last night. I spent that 45 minutes being very respectful of his signals. 
not trying to talk him into liking me. Mm-hmm. And it's like he got up there like, oh, thank God. It was like finding someone that speaks your language in another country that doesn't speak your language. Right. You could just almost see him be like, oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to do a better job at looking at our dogs individual as an individual and not comparing them to the dogs we've had in the past. I've made that mistake. Yeah. And it hurt the bond that right. Double D and I had. Right. Because yeah. I compared her so much to Tiba. And and I don't want to do that. And I also don't want to necessarily mold my dog into what I think they should be. I think that I should help my dog. I should guide them into being the best version of what they're going to be. Exactly. And stop fighting it. Yeah. And I think that's also why we need to really do our research before we even go get one. Mm-hmm. How long have I been looking for a dog? It was before Double D passed away. Oh, yeah, months. Months and months. Maybe even a year we've been really looking. Yeah. Because I've been wanting a smaller dog. But then I've been, after I lost Marotti, I'm like, well, now I need a big dog. But I'm back and forth. Mm-hmm. And there are some dogs that we've tried. There's some dogs we've looked at. They've just not, they've not worked. Right. Because I, I don't want to take a dog that I look at and go, well, you're really cute. And, oh, I would love to have you in my home. But I know that you don't have the right personality, but I'll fix that. Yeah. No. It, yeah. it, no. Right? Yeah. There's a cute puppy from my favorite rescue, Goofy Foot. Cute little terrier. His name is Bill right now. If I get him, that's going to change, y'all. <laughs> He's 10 weeks. He's a little terrier mix. He's black. I have a thing about black dogs. He he looks really precious. We're going to try him out. Mm-hmm. We're going to go pick him up, and we're going we're gonna to do a little foster to adopt. Um, and as much as he, as cute as he is, and as much of that spunk I like, and I think I can meet his terrier needs, um, he's got to, I've got to, number one, make sure that I can help him develop into who he is. Right. Not into what I want. He's got to be able to get along with the cats. He's got to be comfortable with the cats. And Isabella and the cats have to be okay with him. And yeah. they have to kind of mesh that way. So no matter how bad I want him, it's got to still mark Mm-hmm. I got to still check all the boxes off that are going to help me be satisfied, but also the dog has to be satisfied. Right. And that's not easy to do. Mm-mm. I mean, I'm lonely. I, I've not had a, I've, I've not been without a dog that was mine. Right. Since I was 18 years old. Y'all mentioned I was 47 in March, <laughs> right? Isabella's our dog. Yes. But if if she had to make a choice, she's going everywhere with you. You are the bonded pair. And so, you know, I, I'm kind of looking for mine, but I don't want to force it just because I'm lonely. Right. Right. It's like exactly. getting into a crappy relationship because you're tired of being alone. Yeah. It's not beneficial to anyone. It's not. You know, so I guess the biggest is, is let's talk about what consent looks like. Um, I would say for dogs... If you're trying to interact with dogs, making sure that you're not getting um, any calming signals, mm-hmm. right? If you're trying to talk to your dog and they're not looking at you, they're trying to calm you down. Yeah. That's opposite of consent. Um, if you're petting on your dog, they're not leaning into you, they're leaning away, or you're petting and they're not even like acknowledging that you're petting, they're probably not giving you consent. Yeah. If they're uh, avoiding eye contact, yawning. Paul raises, that's not consent. Um, so if you're holding them and they're trying to get away. Yes, <laughs> that's a big one. I know that dogs will need to learn how to be held, right? Especially yeah. smaller dogs. 
make it a positive experience. It's again, mm-hmm. don't force it, teach them. You know how many small dog clients that we have that complain that their dog hates being picked up? And it's because they p- pick them up a hundred and fifty times a day without their consent. Yeah. Uh, I had a little one yesterday, a little poodle yesterday, seven pounds. I went to go pick him up. He backed up. Mm-hmm. He came forward. I went to pick him up. He backed up. So I just stopped. When he got close, he he felt me. He stayed there. I picked him up. I rewarded him for it. Mm-hmm. And we gave him a big reward. And then we moved on. Yeah. All right. So I think it's a, even picking dogs up. When you're just walking in and scooping up a small dog, you're going to make your dog hate being held, which mm-hmm. is going to make it more difficult at the vet, grooming. And you're going to not have the bond that you could have because the dog's not going to trust you. Right. So we need to be thinking about these things, even as puppies. Even if you have a large breed puppy, we tend to want to pick them up. We've got to start looking at these dogs as an individual that we're building a relationship with. Mm-hmm. Not a dictatorship. Yeah. Which is our new shirt. Developing. We need to trademark yeah. that. Yeah, it's on uh, it's on our website. Yeah, we got new uh we have our new merchandise, new merch, so check that out. Yeah, and I think um something that Nikki's been getting into a lot is um, cooperative care and this sort of um, vets use this a lot, zoo trainers, um, you know, just positive association with being touched or held or that sort of thing where you basically teach the animal that they have the ability to stop whatever's happening to them at any time. Yes. The ability to say no, and you're going to respect it. Um, And so I think that's something we'll get into later in, a, in another podcast uh, more in depth yes um, with our intern alicia who did some uh, marine mammal training and and she did cooperative care yeah there. did cooperative care yeah. and so that so we'll get more into that um i do encourage y'all to do some research look okay, up absolutely. cooperative care husbandry um there's a fascinating one with an elephant oh yeah um you yeah. know i mean think about it if you have to if you have to draw blood from a lion or a tiger. You better get or consent, a bear. man. Oh, my. You better have consent. <laughs> um, and I, I know there are, there are more veterinarians that are starting to do this. Mm-hmm. It's force free, basically. But I think it's something we need to start early on. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, you're right. We are going to get a lot more into it. There's a lot of information right now that you can find by Googling or just YouTubing. Uh, but I do think it's important that, you know, if we have problems with dogs trimming nails, do we need to get that done? Yes. But we also can teach dogs that they have some control, mm-hmm. which means if you know you have some control, you're going to have less anxiety. Right. You can get out of it. You can, you know, yeah, calm down a little bit. Right. So I, I do think that that's really important that we focus more on giving our dog more control over their body more control over their environment, over control of how they want to interact with you, how they want to play. Mm-hmm. Stop forcing them into doing things that you think they like or you think they enjoy or you think they should enjoy. Right. Right? I think Britt should enjoy lifting weights with me. She does not. It's true. Does that mean she doesn't like me or doesn't love me? No. If I force her, if I guilt her into going to work out with me, is that going to help our relationship? No. Which is fine because I've decided I don't like to work out with anybody. So that works out. Good for you. But yes, there are times that we're going to do things for our partner that we may not enjoy. 
but we do it because we love them. Like watch scary movies. Exactly. Like Britt watches scary movies with me. Um, I do things too. Sometimes. For her. Sometimes. Mostly. Christmas movies. But it's <laughs> you can see we're the, the on old, total opposite yeah, ends of the, the spectrum. The old Christmas movies. Not like Elf. You know, Christmas Story, Christmas Vacation. Those are the best. But I do think that we just need to, we need to open our minds to truly developing a real relationship with the dog instead of having this whole thought of, I'm an owner, I own you, you know, and, and that's, again, it's building and developing relationships, not dictatorships, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's true relationships. And when you do that, when you meet those needs and you start to know them as individuals, you'll get to know their needs more by knowing them individually and they'll be more satisfied and you'll find that you really don't have to do that much obedience training mm-hmm. when you develop a relationship. Yeah. I mean, you don't use a lot of commands. We never use a lot of commands. No. I At, at home, we don't. Yeah. Mostly walking, yeah. directional commands. Giving, yeah. You're the tour guide, giving direction yeah. out yeah. there. Yeah. I do a needed. lot of talking about like what we're going to, what we're doing. Yeah. That, naming things. Yeah. But um, it really, it just makes a huge difference. Yeah. And it's totally different than the way I started training almost 26 years ago. It'll be 26 years next month. It's totally different now mm-hmm. than what we did back then. I was not as nice, which is why I only did aversive training for a year. <laughs> then I'm like, well, this sucks. Yeah. I don't like this. The dogs don't like me. I don't like me doing this training. Yeah. It feels icky. It is icky. I mean, I'm a nice person. It makes you feel gross. Yes. And I, we have animals because we love them. We want the best for them. We just have to get outside of, of this old myth, old school thinking of I own you, you do what I tell you to do, and, um, you know, I should be able to do anything I want. I should be able to pet you. That's yeah. rape culture, y'all. I said it. It's pretty gross. It is. And we really need to do a better job. Mm-hmm. So I do encourage you guys to get to know your dog more. Um, one thing that we are going to talk about, and I know I've mentioned this in a couple of podcasts, I'm going to reach out to the um, developer of this free work that's that's really big, where mm-hmm. it's different enrichment stations, Sarah Fisher. I'm going to reach out to her, see if I can get her on her podcast. Oh, that'd be cool. Um, she's over in the UK. But um, it's fascinating. I think that doing free work will allow you to know your dog more, mm-hmm. get to know your dog. Well, it get- sort of gives you an idea of what they're interested in. Yeah. You know, it's sort of like letting your kids go to like an activity fair and sort of choosing what clubs that they like and yes. kind of delving into what their interests are. Yeah. I mean, we had, I had a client who swore the dog it was obsessed over fetch and the ball. Mm-hmm. Dog is not. And actually, now they were telling me that the dog used to just stand at the back door with the ball ready for play fetch. And now the dog is actually going out in the yard, playing with the other dog, mm-hmm. doing other activities. There's not this obsessiveness. Yeah. Because we've opened the world to the dog to say, look, there's a lot more to enjoy. Yeah. There are more activities. Yeah. Maybe so, you like this one better. <laughs> and you know what? It ends up this dog is yeah. enjoying other things and not just this one thing they were forced into. Yeah. You know, that was like... I. I kind of pushed Rose into doing sports. She felt kind of obligated to do sports because I was an athlete. And, you know, it's it wasn't for her. Right. And I think if I'd have kept forcing her to do that, not that I really could have, but if I, you know, 
tried to force it or make her feel guilty, that would have damaged our relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, she was actually, I think, scared to tell me she didn't want to play. Right. And I was like, you know what? I don't, if you don't want to play, that's, I want you to be you. I want my dogs to be them. Mm-hmm. And if they don't enjoy something, I don't want to make them, I don't want to make them do it. Just like for those that get dogs that want to be therapy dogs. Okay. You want a therapy dog. Great. Have you asked your dog? Does your dog actually like to be touched by that many strangers? Right. Does your dog like to be passed around in people's laps? And some dogs do. Some do. Some love it. But it's not for every dog. You're not a failure if your dog doesn't do what you want. Your dog's not a failure if they don't do what you want. Right? That's that. That's my soapbox today. Good job. Thanks. <laughs> All this rain's melting my soapbox. <laughs> So that's all I got. All right. Just some consent. I want something, to, another thing for you guys to think about. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I want this podcast to be about is I want to make you think. Yeah. Think about your dog differently. Yeah. And your relationship. Consent. And you guys can always email us with questions at uh, podcast at dogspeak101.com. Uh, you know, if you want to learn more about anything that we've talked about or Maybe, hey, my dog is doing this. What is, you know, what does that mean? Does that mean yes or no? <laughs> yeah, we need to do some listener questions. Yeah. So, And if you guys have questions, just let us know. We'll Yeah, throw in some listener questions. We'll Maybe we'll do that, that this month. Yeah. Because we don't have a, I don't have a huge schedule of what I'm going to cover this month. So I'm actually kind of like, I don't know what I'm going to, I don't know. Next month we're going to have a holistic veterinarian on. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be fun. Yeah. But, um, but Yeah. Um, in the meantime, just check out some free work. You can do some research on that. Cooperative care, communication. If you're under, if you're not sure what your dog is saying, our communication seminar is on the website. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get it for uh, it's fifty bucks. You get three months access. You can watch it over and over and over again. If you're local, we're going to be uh, scheduling some new ones coming up. Those are typically on Friday nights. Uh, and as always, BYOB. Yes, baby. That means bring your own bottle. Uh, whether that's uh, Tums, Maalox, wine. Pepto, wine, beer, whatever. Water. Water, coffee, whatever. Um, we would love to see you. And then don't forget our new merchandise. We have our Taming Bitches Since 1996 shirts out that Britt still rolls her eyes at. Um, and, um, but anybody that knows me knows that that fits, that fits who I am. And then, of course, building relationships, not dictatorships. Our new merchandise. So you can get it on a mask. You can get it on a t-shirt, sweatshirt. What? A bag? Just, shirt, just shirts. Just shirts? Yeah, just shirts. Oh, okay. You can get some of the other stuff but on a that, lot of, A lot of different types of shirts. So. A lot of different types of shirts. So yeah. get on there. Order today. We appreciate that. There's Isabella ringing the bell. She said it stopped raining for a second. Um, she's done with her bone. She would like to now go potty since it's <laughs> been raining for like seven hours straight. Uh, So I guess we'll wrap this up. So consent, people. Give your dog consent. Maybe put kisses on command. Uh, Don't get mad at them if you're you're all over the place, right? One day you're mad, and next day you're bringing flowers. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, Help them know what you're feeling as well. And make sure that they are giving you consent for any type of intimate and loving interactions. So, and that includes kissing your dog all over the face not every dog likes that Mm-mm. not every dog likes that as much as i love to give isabella kisses on the face i wait until she gives me permission 
And I go, and I love her. And then I kiss my cat on the belly with a little kissy. She doesn't eat my face off. It's good. Because she gave me consent. That You got something? I got nothing. All right. Y'all have a beautiful, beautiful rest, rest of the week. We'll see y'all.